0: Those are, that's just a giant ape and a giant iguana-type lizard. Uh, <laughs>
1: it's, it's a giant ape versus a giant metaphor for a nuclear war in Japan. And that's just a tale as old as time. tale
0: as old as time. You're listening to Pixel It, because the only thing better than playing a video game is reading about one. On today's episode, we delve further into the world of S.D. Perry's Resident Evil, The Umbrella Conspiracy... As a content warning, this episode will contain spoilers, as well as discussion of gore and coarse language. And now, on with the show. We're back. It's episode three. Three? Three. Three. And we're we're trucking on through Resident Evil, the Umbrella Conspiracy. And uh, for those of you who have been listening and following along in the last episode, we got up through Chapter 8 in Which the the big twist in the reveal was made that uh Captain Wesker is in fact a bad guy, dun dun dun. Ba, ba, ba.
1: Um, and this who was actually, yeah,
0: who would who would have thunk it? This actually was not um revealed in the original game, this was not revealed until the basically the end of the game, uh, in which you, oh wow, yeah, yeah, it's it, you don't. Like Wesker basically just disappears and then you see him again at the end. He's like, ha ha, I've been behind it all along or something along those lines. I can't I can't remember <laughs> specifically. And I, that probably changed between the original game and the remake because I haven't. Um, I, I honestly I haven't played the remake recently and I can't remember what the differences are, if any, if with how Wesker is treated between the two of them. But anyway, chapter eight, Wesker's a bad guy. Oh, no. Um, and we're starting up with the chapter nine, and chapter um, nine, yeah,
1: and it, uh, it brings us back to that that cradle to the grave puzzle. Yes, you know, which I which I believe was the first puzzle that brought us here, basically.
0: And it's a very distinctive room. If you played the game, it's a shaped room. There's there's portraits all over the place, and uh, Jill is walking around trying to solve it. There's, there's, uh, crows attack crows, attack crows, not just regular hungry,
1: hungry, zombo crows, zom
0: crows are the crows zombies or are they just crows and thus assholes? You
1: know, that's a great, (laughs) you know, that's a really good point. If they were, if they were cats, we'd be asking the same question. Yeah. I mean, there's like the dogs, like you have to, you have to
0: assign them the status of being evil zombie dogs because you, you
1: just be like, oh, well, if they're regular dogs, I mean. You know, with a dog that has no skin that's coming at you, you know, you're like, hey, something's up. Yeah. Something's wrong with this good boy. Uh, Crow or a cat attacks you. You're like, well, that's a crow or a cat. That is a a crow or a cat. And you know what? Even if
0: the dog has been ravaged by the T-virus, still good boy. Uh Still good boy.
1: (laughs) They're all all good boys, Kevin. (laughs) We're all good dogs. (laughs) Um, Jill tries
0: to, she just like flips a switch and uh, that was, that was really not a good idea. I guess she, she figures out that the bar, the ledge that the crows are standing on is electrified. And if you flip the wrong switch, it sends a little shocky into the crows' footsies. And they need
1: vengeance. And they need, they
0: need vengeance because crows, crows are smart birds. You know, they're up there. They are. Um, And they will figure out that, oh, well, she clearly did something because she flipped a switch and now my feet hurt.
1: Right. (laughs) Now my feet hurt. It's time for vengeance.
0: It's time for vengeance.
1: And that's just a regular crow. So we don't even know if this is if this is some sort of mutant zom crow. Yeah. So that little section ends with her dealing with that.
0: Then we get a little smash cut. Over to Chris and Rebecca.
1: They're making their way out of the file room together this time.
0: Rebecca shows off in her little biology knowledge and just starts talking about all these papers they they got to do with virology. And
1: She gives us a a little bit of an exposition dump.
0: There's actually a really nice bit of information in this expo dump. At one point, Chris asks her, is there any way to tell if we could be infected? And Rebecca responds, not without more information. All of that is pretty old 10 years plus, and there's nothing specific about application. Uh, Though an airborne uh, with that kind of speed and toxicity, if it was still viable, all of Raccoon City would probably be infected by now. I can't be positive, but I doubt it's still contagious, which actually is a nice it's a nice line because when you play the Resident Evil games and you have yeah. these zambos that are constantly gnawing on you, but your character never becomes a zombie, it suddenly makes sense because it doesn't matter. These zombies are just zombies. It's not like they're contagious zombies at this point.
1: It's like any other any other uh, any other zombie franchise. A uh, bite is the kiss of death. That's it. Exactly. You know? it, it, in vampires, too, there are some where it's just, just getting bit by a vampire is enough to become the vampire, and she's kind of throwing it out there. It's like, Oh, yeah, you remember all those times you got chewed on by zombies when you were playing this game? Here's why. Here's, here's why which nothing
0: is- happened yeah. it's because it's it you're past the viral infection stage, which makes sense. That is a thing with viruses. There's a part at which you are just ill and no, but can no longer like spread the virus. That's that's right. just how viruses work. No, I'm, I'm not going to say that's just how viruses work. Please write in if that's not how viruses work, please, because I'm if, not an expert on viruses. Were,
1: please send your complaints to that's not how viruses work at gmail.com. <laughs> we'll be checking that on a near yearly basis. Yes. Uh, Every flu and season. only when I've been drinking. So. <laughs> and we do get we get another wonderful moment in a segment I like to call it's getting awkward between Chris and nearly jailbait McGee over here. Oh my God. Uh, and yes, that's uh that's uh that is absolutely the name of this segment. And I'm sure I'm going to remember that.
0: Go ahead. I, I think I, I think I have that highlighted where <laughs> the part you're about okay, to bring good, up. <laughs> good. I,
1: I, I would love to, to, yeah. So they're, they're basically, they're getting their way down the hallway. So He tells her he's needs her to watch his back. And uh, the quote here is uh Yes, sir, she said quietly, and Chris grinned in spite of the situation. Technically, he was her superior. Still, it was weird to have it pointed out. <laughs> Why? Is it is it weird because you wish that she was calling you daddy instead of sir, or...? <laughs>
0: I, I like because that's
1: the impression that I'm getting. I'm here, really Chris. glad
0: that you pointed this out because I had the same exact read on that paragraph.
1: Good. Okay. Good. It was <laughs> just me.
0: I'm glad. I'm really glad. And Chris grinned that was- in spite of the situation. <laughs> like, why is he grinning? Why is he?
1: <laughs> why is that? Why is this so weird, Chris? Chris, why are you making, Chris, it, making weird, cr- it weird? You're making a weird You're Making Chris. it weird,
0: Chris. She's 18. You're 20-something. You're probably too old for her.
1: The only only people allowed to go after 18-year-olds are 19-year-olds and 17-year-olds, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. My God, man. There are zombies outside. Quit your grinning and grab your linen. We don't have time for this crap. <laughs> <laughs> Not just uh, any zombies, Resident Evil zombies. We got
0: we got Resident See. Evil zombies and there's other monsters. Chris, yeah. spoiler warning, there's other monsters. Uh I'm pretty sure there's a snake wandering around the building. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, you're more concerned with the snake in your pants.
1: Hey-o! I think I think we all saw that coming. I think yep, yep. You know what? That was a that was a beach ball. That was a beach ball right across on plate. What choice did you really have, Kevin? I'm not mad at you. We, we have more
0: hallway and corridor walking and talking. Um, so many. yeah. So many. It's like,
1: it's like a, an episode of the West Wing in here. It's basically.
0: <laughs> it's Resident Evil. Resident Evil West by Wing. Aaron Sorkin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, dear God. Someone make that fan fiction happen.
0: Oh, just walking and talking down hallways. Zombie hallways, mm. but hallways.
1: Yeah. And every now and then it's just you know, interrupted by zombies slamming their way through the windows. And-
0: but it would have to be a West wing, like Re- West wing resident evil crossover, because I really oh, yeah. w- would love to see president Jeb Bartlett would handle, uh, the zombie outbreak in raccoon city.
1: He would, I can tell you what he would do in a vague, broad sense of the term. He would, he would handle the situation in a way that liberals would absolutely adore in a world that does not nor cannot exist. Uh, I say that as a man who's pretty far left.
0: Liberals, liberals love it. The The Republican yep. Speaker of the House would get, would stand up and give him, give him a standing ovation. Je- yep. Jeff Daniels would walk in and start yep. talking about how we used to be great and we can be again. And now we're, we are, the welcome to the newsroom, Raccoon City,
1: and that zombie's name was Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> <The fuck? laughs> God. We are inspiring some fan fiction here, and I think that means we're doing good work.
0: If it worked for that, uh, that Twilight fan fiction that that became. Um... Fifty Shades of Grey, it, it can work for the Resident Evil, West Wing fans, and all of us. Chris watches one zombie eating another zombie, which is actually not something that happens. I've, ne- no, I've never really, really seen does. zombies show interest in one another. Another, another nice lurid description of it moaned again, a wet, flemmy sound, and brought a handful <laughs> of slushy gray matter to its eager lips. Honestly, Good I would stuff, get, man. I would get that tattooed across my back if I could.
1: I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> we've got some really solid grotesqueries, you know, written here. It, it's, it's, it's such a funny situation to be here where there are so many moments in this where you're like, why are, why is this a book? Why is this a book? Yeah. And then something like that happens and you go, Oh okay, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that, was, I, that was worthwhile. I, I, I think
0: Edgar Allan Poe would like that description. Oh, he would have loved it. I, I just. I'm just—I just don't like Chris's point of view chapters, especially when Rebecca's around. And I think we can—we can all agree to just pretend that they never happened.
1: Be gross with someone your own age, man. That's my advice to all men: be gross, be gross up, be as gross as you want, but be gross with, with someone, someone your
0: own, your age. own age. And yeah, only if that person wants to be gross with you. Exactly. Consent. All consensual grossness. Consensual grossness.
1: Love it. That's our first T-shirt. <laughs>
0: So we get another scene change. Uh, so that's three scene changes in the chapter, and we're jumping over to Barry now. Barry is he's killing killing ghouls and taking names. Suddenly, someone shows up. Somebody who had already made his plans known in the previous chapter, and oh no, it's Captain
1: Wesker. Cue the saxophone solo from Who Could It Be Now? <laughs> that's just. Who would have thunk it? Wesker's here. You the sax. It's just
0: one long sax solo when he comes on.
1: Speaking of the saxophone, which we can all agree is the skeeziest of instruments. <laughs> uh, he's so skeezy here. Yeah. Like, weirdly skeezy. Like he, I'm he, I kept, I. His, I'm expecting him to ask Barry what color his underwear his is. His stock know? Like,
0: as a character just, it just keeps going down.
1: Yeah, it's getting worse. Like, he's already the bad guy. Every
0: single second of 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 his, of him in this book, he somehow becomes a worse person.
1: For different reasons. For different reasons. He just, like this one, he's like the before. We hate him because he's threatening Barry's family. He's the bad guy. Fine. Here, he just feels scummy, you know? <laughs> There's something really, it, just about the way he like, he's, Grinning at Barry, really, really pointedly, and uh, and then he tells, he says something about like, you know, sorry about that. I had some uh, business to attend to, you know. Call in nature, call in nature. He's basically Lumberg from Office Space. Right.
0: In this scene, right. <laughs> he basically comes out of the the elevator, just like has a cup of coffee. He doesn't actually have a cup of coffee. I just imagine him having having gotten coffee somewhere in this building
1: and he comes right, out right.
0: of the elevator and he, he just goes to Barry and be like, Hey Barry, what's happening? Listen, I'm going to need but you to have to work on this weekend.
1: <laughs> it's right. Like, it's what the- absolute worst. Guy, just so weird. And, and, and it's just, and, and he, and he basically tells Barry, he just, he basically just lets him in on it all. He's like, Hey, You know, he's I'm the bad guy here and uh, you're going to help me because if you don't, I'm going to kill your whole family where we've got a team waiting outside your family's house ready to kill them the moment I send in the signal. Yeah. And Barry, as we've established, he's the family man, the old one, the 38 year old man who's just two weeks away from retirement. He's he's old
0: and he's been married for 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 20 years. Yeah. Um, Which is longer than any person has ever been married before. <laughs> his kid, his oldest kid is, is heading off to college next week.
1: And then he can't take that chance, man. He, can't. he doesn't believe Wesker necessarily, but what choice does he got? What choice does he get?
0: I like the yeah. fact that he lies about having to go attend to, you know, call of nature. And then like in two yeah. seconds, he just lets Barry in on the plan. Like what, was, he, what
1: was even the point? Exactly. What was even the
0: point of telling of like lying to Barry about having to go take a dump?
1: I would love it if like his he's like halfway through that lame excuse and then he goes, uh, you know what? Fuck it! Actually, I, I I'm I'm gonna kill your family <laughs> if you don't help me. I'm sorry, I can't even say that out loud. Like. I felt so stupid. Is so dumb. Uh, no, not. Now, that doesn't nature. mean I'm not looking for a John. Have you seen? one? Have you seen one but, that isn't
0: like dirty and scuzzy? Because I, right. I got to take a poop
1: <laughs> and just filled with crazy poop eating zombies. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't, don't want to know if, know if body. that's a thing. I just need to pee, man. Like, and I, and I'm a gentleman and I can't do it out in the open. I just, it feels wrong. Anyway, gonna probably kill your family if you don't do what I tell you to do.
0: Yeah. He, he, he basically becomes the big bad villain. The, the cool thing is though, in this moment is we get a scene that we didn't, we didn't get in the games because honestly we don't, we don't find about the twist about Wesker until later. And then we also don't find out that Wesker had uh, blackmailed Barry until, like, later. It's it's just, it's right. a straight up twist. And it, it it's becoming more clear to me that this book was written, it's for people who played the games, right? Clearly. Right. Right. Because if you've played the first Resident Evil game, you know Wesker's the villain, you know Barry was being blackmailed. So instead of, like, trying to set it up as a twist, S.D. Perry just wrote it as, all right, I'm just going to. I'm just going to write it in here. This we're going to see this scene and we're going to and we're going to use this moment to have full on character development uh, really make Wesker a villain instead of in the games where he's like, oh, he just is suddenly he's like, oh, I guess he's the bad guy.
1: (laughs) Right. Which is which is frankly, again, another good way of adapting it to a novel, because a twist is not. Going to be nearly as interesting in the grand scheme of things as actual honest-to-God character development, even if that character development just involves, "I'm the bad guy. I had to take a piss." Ah. It's still still better, still better than you know, I was dead the whole time. Uh, kind of shit. Yeah,
0: you um have you you've seen the Resident Evil movie? A long time ago. I right. remember
1: it had basically nothing to do is with zero. The to, yeah, it has zero games. to do with
0: the games. Like nothing.
1: Um I, I remember it was like I think we were an hour and ten minutes into the movie before we saw zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, and I think the movie's only an hour and twenty one minutes long. Um there's like a so, there's like a moment in
0: which there's like this character there's this character that's that's with the main character the entire time this guy and uh, he has amnesia and then <laughs> the, it, heading into the final act there's like this gas that he gets sprayed with that causes him to remember everything and the moment is basically he doesn't say this but it's it's it, he basically says oh yeah I'm the bad guy <laughs> <laughs> upon upon remembering everything, he's actually the villain.
1: <laughs> Just hey, Aqua Lung starts playing over the speakers way too loud. Just Jesus, and, and and so
0: like this kind of precludes that. This this is like okay, we're gonna we're gonna set up Wesker as a villain. Um, the only thing that I had issue ahead with Wesker's little spiel with Barry is when he tells Barry. Uh, of course, you tell them you've seen me. That could complicate matters. If I run into trouble, say, get shot in the back. Well, enough said. Let's keep this to ourselves. I don't get why if he wants Barry to lie for him, right, and work for him, why not keep it just a little bit simpler and say right. and say and say, tell Barry, like, hey, you run into Chris or Jill, you know, and so you like tell them that you saw me, but you can't tell them anything about this. Now Barry has to have, like, two layers of lie. He's like, first of all, right. I'm not working for Wesker, and second, no, I don't know where he is.
1: <laughs> right, right. That's just anyone It's anyone who has ever had to fib on any occasion knows that the easiest thing is just to change the one detail. Keep lots of truth in there otherwise. Barry doesn't
0: seem like, like a guy who's really able to to to, to deal no. with multiple lies at once. <laughs>
1: No, absolutely not. I'm not sure that he even knows how many bullets are in his gun at (laughs) any given time. I I think I think Wesker's best bet is to be like, yeah, you can tell him you saw me. Just don't mention the whole uh, boom, boom on your kids thing. Yeah. It sounds more like he's going to poop on them, which might be more of a threat. I don't know. That that would be not not good. I'm not great at taking hostages. So that's not on your resume. Exactly that's it. not on your resume yeah. of
0: skills is no. uh taking hostages is
1: no one. No one on LinkedIn has sponsored me as that being one of my, my expert skills. You know, I'm going to go um, ahead and
0: do that. I think, I think that oh, might be, okay, cool. I think you're, that's good. Your current employer will appreciate that.
1: It's at very least a conversation starter <laughs> and that's always valuable. It
0: says down here, you're, uh you're an expert at taking hostages um yeah now i'm not going to ask you to explain that but I, what i will ask you to do is just put your hands on the desk and uh <laughs> wait
1: here while security
0: comes to escort you out the building
1: <laughs> listen here i'll explain it Real, it's very simple okay uh you can't tell anyone uh that i have been endorsed as a hostage taker and furthermore if anyone asks you about it you never saw me you've never been to north dakota and even if you did know me my name was glenn yoshington the entire time (laughs) can you remember all that barry 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 are you paying attention barry barry yoshington say it back barry (laughs) barry Uh,
0: chapter ends (laughs) chapter ends with Barry clenching his giant fists knuckles whitening oh yeah and promised himself that Wesker would pay for what he was doing
1: oh that sweet vengeance with with interest yeah with interest (laughs) vengeance thy name is Barry Barry Yoshington
0: Barry Yoshington the third
1: where the hell did that come from of
0: the Westchester Yoshingtons
1: the way, yeah yeah, straight out of Philly baby straight out of Philly <laughs>
0: uh, the fresh prince of Yoshington uh, yeah. West Philadelphia born and raised
1: raising raising
0: Yoshis was how he spent most of his days most of his days <laughs> on the other days it was
1: shooting zombies shooting zombies alright chapter, chapter 10 chapter 10 <laughs>
0: That was a brisk chapter. I think we got th- flew through that chapter faster than I feel good about. Any it. other yeah, chapter we're, really picking we're picking up the up pace, the pace here. here. Jill slides it's a sure heavy copper really crest it. right into the uh right into the thing and uh right I like that we that we just kind of skip her like solving the puzzle. Um like she basically does two puzzles off camera. It's like we're like we're just going to skip that. You know. Yeah. It, they
1: uh, it's kind of like Estee Perry's kind of like going You all know how this goes. Anyway, she puts it in the thing, and uh, yeah,
0: there's only so (laughs) many ways you can write a somebody solving a Resident Evil puzzle, especially when it involves just like trial and error for like five minutes of flipping switches and rotating something.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. Like if if she was playing, I I, one of one of the questions I plan on asking uh, Miss Perry is if she was basically given a script of how these went. Or if they gave her a copy of the game and they're like, "Hey, play the game, take some notes, and, uh, and yeah, take some notes," because at this point it feels like this is the moment where she like puts down the controller and she's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Like, just <laughs> okay, I see what I'm getting into here. <laughs> How the hell am I going to deal with this? Yeah, but and but it does lead, however, if you want to talk about moments that everyone in this game franchise loves, it leads to one of those classic, wonderful. Toe curling moments. The discovery of the shotgun. Yes. Just ugh. Oh, ugh. Oh. It's always so good. A pump An action, action iteration shotgun of the game you're was
0: mounted on dual hooks. And
1: I feel like that's that
0: that happens so often where it's like it's mounted on yeah. it's mounted on a wall, and you're like, oh yeah, I know what I gotta do. But Jill doesn't know right. what she has to do.
1: She's got no idea, but she's about to find out. She's about to find out
0: horde. Don't tell anybody I said that's it like that. the sound it
1: makes when you take, the, you take the shotgun off the wall. It goes, hoard
0: hoard. It's like that. It's like, it, it's actually a, a voice
1: clip of Andy Sandberg saying that. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. And the moment, because so, the moment, for those of you who don't realize what is absolutely about to happen here, uh, she's setting off a trap. She's setting off a that's, big old trap. Um yeah, I have you don't get a shotgun in this game. I have a without l-
0: l- without some lot of payment. logistical questions about this trap. Oh yeah. And like I these are questions I did not have when I played the game because it was I was like, this is a game and that was a thing and that was a harrowing experience. Now when I read right. it in a book, I'm like, this is absurd. <laughs> right.
1: Right. <laughs> this
0: is this is the most absurd trap. Like just from us, from an architectural point of view, I'm not exactly sure how this, this works. Like <laughs> just imagining
1: what's the name of the guy who made this, the the mansion? Oh, again?
0: um, so it's, it's the guy who owned Spencer? it, the guy who owned it was Spencer. The guy who built it was, uh, Trevor. George, it was like okay. George Trevor just- or something like that.
1: I just imagine him like looking like he's got the plans and the guy who's building it is like, "Uh, sir, I I just had a quick question in, in this room. It just says Indiana Jones ceiling. (laughs) And I'm not clear what that's supposed to mean. And he just gets, he just goes, I think, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And are you a professional architect or not?
0: And and he was like, yes. Um, Okay, but at least which Indiana Jones? And then there's a long pause, and he goes Temple of Doom,
1: and you're like, Okay, okay, I can work. Okay, with
0: that. cool, got it,
1: got it. And the first time they went in, and like just not enough bugs. Then the second time they tried it out, too many. And it's just it's it's standard trial and error. Yeah. we've all been there. Been it's there. okay. You just give your contractors a break. Man. Yeah, it's cool.
0: Yeah, and we're all gonna be all right, except for the contractors that get caught in the trap. Those absolutely. are not going to be all right. But anyway, for those they of you who absolutely don't, not. don't know what the trap is, <laughs> if if you are if you are listening to us uh, apropos of nothing, have never heard of Resident Evil and you just are turned on a random podcast. Well, I don't know what to tell you, but here I'm going to explain the trap. There is a shotgun mounted on a wall. Jill picks it up uh, off the hooks. There's a click. Um, she leaves the room that the shotgun is in and she goes, there's, there's like two rooms off of this hallway. Uh, she leaves the room that the shotgun was in, goes back into the room that, and then the next door would take her into the hallway and then whoops, all the doors lock in the room and the ceiling is starting to slide down, uh, with the intention of crushing her. Well, the ceiling uh, the ceiling has no intention. The person who designed it does, but you know, you you get what I mean. You can't blame the ceiling. You can't blame that. the ceiling. The ceilings just do doing I what mean, it does.
1: Ceiling falling ceilings don't kill people. People with fall, falling ceilings kill the, people. The
0: person who put that falling ceiling in there, it, they're the one to blame.
1: <laughs> absolutely. So she's absolutely. She, I don't want. I don't want to get Congress in on this. I think we all know how this works. Second Amendment right.
0: Includes yeah. my right to have falling ceilings in my house. Falling
1: ceilings. <laughs> it's my property, damn It's it. my
0: property, and my property is allowed to murder.
1: <laughs> Somebody somebody's listening to this getting really dewy eyed, being like, God damn right. God
0: damn right. Clarence Thomas. Probably.
1: Yeah. Probably. <laughs> hey Clarence. Thanks for listening. Uh make sure to make sure to leave a five star review there, big guy. <laughs> So uh... we love you. (laughs) And I think, and by the way, uh, her reaction to um, the ceiling caving in on her, basically um, is to say, holy shit, bad thing, bad thing, (laughs) which, which is, which is, which is clearly the author's opportunity here to, you know, uh, add a little bit of levity. Yeah. It's, you know, in the face of danger, but I, I went too far in my brain with it. I just kept hearing like Jerry Lewis, you know, bad thing! Like just just <laughs> high nasally nutty professorness. That's all I can think of. I love it. Yeah. I, that's that's it. Like <laughs> fly even. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's that mod? I demand
0: uh, that mod. Uh and so Jerry yeah, Jerry Lewis or 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 uh or Professor Frank from The Simpsons who is just right. a Jerry Lewis character but um yeah, i think yeah. i think frank would be a, a a nice uh a nice touch so yeah the holy shit bad thing bad thing panic rising so she tries to get out by shooting the door and as the wood splinters away it just reveals that there's just a metal, metal plate with a gigantic deadbolt through the door there's like there's really not much that she can do um nothing with with You know, she's all of 110 pounds and, you know, she can't just keep firing bullets at it. Uh, That's not really going to do much. Um, And then suddenly a Barry ex machina.
1: (laughs) Thank God. Thank God, by the way.
0: Thank God. Barry arrives on the scene and uh, saves her by uh, throwing his big 38 year old burliness at the door until it 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 breaks open. And he pulls her out of the room and the ceiling comes down. It's actually a, a nice little description of the door just to in your mind's eye, because the door opens inwards, the door getting caught by the ceiling on the way down and being and being crushed.
1: That's yeah, good writing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's really <laughs> it's well very done. evocative, <laughs> very evocative. And then this is where this is the, the problem I ultimately had is now there's just like a ceiling in the door frame. There's just ceiling now. There's right. nothing left. Um how is this house holding up that ceiling?
1: <laughs> well, you know, Kevin, they're not all load-bearing ceilings. That's a thing, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a thing. Sure. I I think the part of this that I question is when Barry, you know, Opens up the door, grabs her out of there and looks her in the eye and says, Who's the master of unlocking now? <laughs> I question that decision. That was a bit of writing that I wasn't so sure on, but you know. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta get dramatic, man. Very 90s, I dig it.
0: And then uh and then he he puts on his sunglasses and in yeah. the background you hear
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, just Baba. Which, which which is this is where they got the idea for that Bob so
0: O'Reilly starts playing and, you know,
1: yeah, <laughs> and they just and they both just start air guitaring out for like three solid chapters. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, three elaborate chapters three elaborate describing th- them air guitaring
0: from from as the chord changes everything. And this is an air mm-hmm. guitar. Not Nobody here okay. is hearing anything. No, um, no, they're not even here. They're it. not even here. They make a
1: point. They make a point in the, in the uh, chapters to say that they're not like, like making mouth noises to imitate the whole thing. They hear
0: all this happens. It is all silence. Nothing but the shuffling of their feet and the rustle of their hands moving up and down and uh, the moan of some zombies off yeah. in the distance. It's
1: a, it's a dual portrait of two stars agents who have lost their minds. It's really eerie. I liked it. I thought it was avant-garde, but good. We're back with Chris and Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they make their way into the little piano bar room.
0: Yes. Um, and this is where Chris is going to leave her. And then Chris has a thought. This is wrong. All wrong. Joseph, Ken, probably Billy. Who the fuck is Billy? I forgot who Billy was. Was Billy the guy- You the, forgot
1: B- Billy? Was Billy the guy Billy's at the beginning
0: the- who died right away?
1: Billy was the- um. Hold on. He was the guy who uh that really um that really well written uh Billy uh William 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 Billy Billy cut Billy Boy cut to like the episode the, the first podcast or
0: something of us talking about Billy. Yeah. <laughs> please
1: please do that, yes. <laughs> or if not just put like footage not found. Footage not found. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That guy, Billy.
0: Uh, it's just, Billy. It's just the way. Who the could way, forget Billy? Who could forget Billy? The way n- the name Billy is just thrown in
1: there. <laughs> it's just like, just yeah. It's like she
0: wants to go. Remember? Remember? There was a guy <laughs> named Billy. Um, oh wait,
1: is Billy his friend? Was he the one that? Um, oh yeah, the guy who called him. And yeah, he, but do we know that Billy is dead? Him? Maybe. Maybe.
0: Hold on. Did we miss something? I don't know. I
1: don't know, man. I don't know, man. Uh <laughs> Billy. Good old Billy. Good old Billy. Billy. Well, we're assuming Chris Oh yeah, it was. Okay, yes, it was Billy. Billy was the one um Billy's the one that uh tried to contact him who wanted to like right warn him about everything that's going on. Got it. Um so yeah. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're, we're back on the same page
0: now. Billy is. We're very professional. Super professional. Billy is the one yeah. who tried to contact him, but right now Chris is kind of listing him along along other people who are definitely dead. So
1: definitely dead. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of goes. it just does like. Well, Billy's dead. I think we can all accept. Well, I that, think we can right? all
0: accept and agree that my best childhood friend Billy is one hundred percent dead. 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 Ski.
1: So yeah so he's he's a he's been he's considering all of his friends who are dead, yes, and he finds himself a headless bravo team member is this now is this the same headless one from before or did I miss something? I believe it's still kenneth we we also
0: are with Rebecca too, yes, as she starts just playing
1: the piano seems like an a lost opportunity for some boogie woogie soundtrack editions here <laughs> I just imagined like if this was a film like they cut back and she's like halfway through chopsticks yeah <laughs> like very slowly <laughs> she does actually I, I, this does lead to one of the better translated puzzles uh in the book uh which is the uh the sheet music puzzle and i've got to ask because i as i pointed out before i i I've never played this game all the way through. Is this in the game? It is. So what happens is... This is a great puzzle. It is
0: a great puzzle. Um, You find the sheet music as Chris, and you go in, you find the piano room, and you just, you tell, you like, you try to play it as Chris, and Chris doesn't play the piano, so it sounds like garbage. And then Rebecca enters the room, and she's like, holy shit, that was terrible. (laughs) 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 and Rebecca not only am I a biology genius but (laughs) uh, so Rebecca then sits down and starts practicing it you leave Rebecca there to practice and then I think in the game you have to advance the plot a little bit um, before you can by the time you get back uh, Rebecca has it ready to go and then she plays Moonlight Sonata and it opens a secret passage in the room
1: Yes, which, which does happen in this chapter. Uh, it's just that she finds the sheet music where it, she is. It gives not, her a
0: little, not- yeah, she has a little bit more agency in this version. It's not like, in the game, it's like, it's all driven by Chris's actions in this. It's like, she finds the music, she decides to play the music, and it. she's the one that kind of finds the, the emblem.
1: Right, and, and, and at this point, she recognizes this gold plate, this emblem and realizes that it matches another one that's over the dining room fireplace and decides to go on her own to switch them out because she's a cop, damn it. Like, she has this- She's a goddamn cop. I'm gonna do it moment. Yeah. And I I, I won't lie to you. I'm I'm just gonna read out my note here. Uh, At this point, I've entirely lost track of puzzle pieces. I don't know where we are. (laughs) I I just-
0: Yeah, no, I'm- I'm not. I'm I'm trusting the book to keep track of it for me. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly, so, uh, and thank God that the book is... I wanted to make
0: to mention, they actually... I forgot to point out that uh, Chris and Rebecca... Here, you know, I'll, I'll just read this little passage. They hurried around the end of the long table past the elaborately decorated fireplace, stopping in front of the shattered pile. Chris nudged the great pieces with the tip of his boot. From the angles and shapes, it appeared to have been a statue of some kind. So this is actually another puzzle that they that sd perry just like kind of throws in there that it's been solved by somebody else at some other time and we don't need to talk about it so there's a there's a um in the dining room there's a statue in the dining room of the second floor of the dining room that you can push over the ledge and the statue will fall hit the ground and shatter and there's something embedded into the statue. I forget exactly specifically what it is, but it's like a piece to another puzzle that gets solved. And I thought this was kind of smart to be like, yeah, we don't need a, like it's, it's almost just like an Easter egg of like, yeah, somebody did it. Somebody did the statue of an Easter. Yeah. Somebody did the statue thing.
1: (laughs) Right. Oh, cool. Statue. Yeah. yeah, Statue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People, the people who played the (laughs) game. Yes. The people who played the game are like, oh, yeah, 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 I did that. Uh, (laughs) Cool, cool. Got it, got it. So we jump over to chapter 11 and Barry and Jill are are doing the puzzle stuff. And then Barry decides to say the famous line.
1: Well, the one that I even know about.
0: Lucky for you, another couple of seconds and you would have been a Jill sandwich.
1: Is it Jill? It's not Jill sandwich in the game.
0: Yeah. He says that in the game.
1: It is a Jill. sandwich.
0: And he's like, Oh, I saved you from becoming a Jill sandwich.
1: And, and, and I'll tell you what, and I'll tell you what, what's the reason that he's making this God awful joke. He's hiding something. Yeah. And Jill recognizes that she, she, which you know what? Good save. I know. I said, I know I said in the previous episode that the, one of the big mistakes that people who adapt stuff like this is they try to come up with an explanation for every little thing, Right. This one I accept fully. I award full points. This is it's like, oh, he's making a stupid joke because he's hiding something from her. That works. Ten, <laughs> you know
0: what? Honestly, ten points to Gryffindor. Uh, ten points. Ten points. All the way. All ten points. Um, we're not a. We're not going to get into. You know what? I I'll, I'll be honest. I I don't even like Harry Potter that much, but I I just <laughs> I just made the reference because it felt right. Um,
1: it just sometimes it feels good. Both Phil mm-hmm. and
0: I have a strong dislike for J.K. Rowling on her yes. because of her stance on on trans people and uh, trans rights are human rights. And I figured this would be a good time to say it because I just made it. damn right. There's always a good time I to say I just made that. a Harry Potter reference and then I immediately felt. Ugh. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it left us unclean. It,
0: it, it, oh. it, the, yeah, I got to go wash my hands. Um,
1: yeah. I understand. And
0: I'm I just, back from washing my hands.
1: <laughs> just like that. Just like that. The miracle of editing. The miracle of editing. It took him four and a half hours. It was a really, well, and he didn't turn his mic off. There was a lot of grunting. I feel weird. Yeah.
0: I mean, I had to stop and take a pee break uh in, in sure, between sure. latherings.
1: It's <laughs> an action word that bumps me <laughs> out. <laughs> lathering
0: that's that's just lathering I gather, and lathering to be honest it's a real bummer man
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a total bummer
0: <laughs> um oh lord jill is really certain that barry is hiding something um but barry is just be really like oh no it's, i'm just worried about chris you know um and then jill yep. kind of like you know she beats herself up uh thinking bad about barry by saying paranoid much this is Barry Burton you're talking about, the backbone of raccoon stars, not to mention the man who just saved your life. What could he possibly be hiding? Newsflash, Jill, it's quite a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, now, and and of course, the irony is that Jill's still hiding the little computer that the supposed Trent, if you will, I'm, I'm, I'm wildly gesticulating quotation marks here, uh, Trent, Trent gave her. So what are you hiding, Jill? What are you hiding? I think she mentions that in the next paragraph. <laughs> oh, she totally. But does. she doesn't yeah, yeah.
0: she just. she doesn't I don't think she feels as bad about that as she is suspicious of Barry because she's a
1: thief and once a thief always a thief. And for our for any of our listeners who don't know thieves steal things. They do. So, um you can imagine Jill then
0: uh, says to herself, that's it. Keep rationalizing. Next thing you'll be suspecting of Captain Wesker of planning this whole thing. And wink, wink. She looks at the camera. Wink. She winks. Yeah. And credit. She does her Jim Halpert face. Jim Halpert face. It cuts to Dwight saying false. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, that's the end of the chapter. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> it continues on for a <laughs> um, yeah. Office music plays, and uh, it ends with the Curb Your that Enthusiasm
1: theme song um, directed Office, f- Office music plays, and it ends with a really unsatisfying final season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's so, so Jill and Barry split up again because they're stars. Uh, to find more of the puzzle pieces that I've lost track of. There's like fifteen
0: uh, or four. I don't know.
1: Something. Like, it yeah, doesn't.
0: It's, a, it's it, a lot. It doesn't matter because this is not the only puzzle piece. There's like there's there's the four puzzle pieces, and then there's the crests, and then there's the keys, and then there's the like. I don't like. It doesn't matter. There's there's there are so many. Lot. There are puzzles within puzzles, and. The book will tell me when we're good,
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know what thanks book thanks, book thanks,
0: thanks for being thanks the, for being there book thanks for being a the immutable written word
1: right, <laughs> I know it's real because I can read
0: I can read thanks um so, so Forest is dead. <laughs> just add another name to that list, Chris
1: <laughs> Forest I'm sure we've got a good paragraph of backstory to read up. Well, on. he's yeah.
0: a laughing Southern girl boy with his ratty clothes uh-huh. and easy grin was no more. I'm going to miss him. So much. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to, you know,
1: I'm going to miss him. It's a
0: shame. Uh, you know what Forrest's favorite restaurant was? Uh, what was it it? was lady and sons down in Savannah?
1: Oh, uh, where, where you can get the most authentic Southern style comfort food. This side of the Mississippi, like <laughs> just so real. I didn't work there for six months. You didn't. You never worked there. I can't tell you what it's like in there (laughs) or how the food tastes or how people would stop me and ask me if I could interrupt Miss Dean from working the kitchen (laughs) to come out and take a picture because they believed that in order to stock a Southern buffet on a Sunday in March. That Paula Dean was back there with the deep fat fryer. No. <laughs> None of those things happened to me. Good f- good fried chicken, though.
0: <laughs> Forrest really liked that Lady and Son's fried chicken. Um who doesn't? I gotta they say, I only on. I only ate there once, and I honestly felt like somebody had shot me in the neck with a bear tranquilizer uh for the rest it's- of the day.
1: <laughs> As a man, as a man who has joyfully and purposefully enjoyed bear tranquilizers, it's a very similar feeling. Yeah. Not all that dissimilar. Uh,
0: uh, the the park service would like to know your location.
1: <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> well, they they do. That's just because I keep stealing their bear tranks. Um. Uh, Forrest Bear yeah. was dead, the good old Southern boy. Good old Southern boy. Like, oh, aficionado. Don't ask him about his opinions on the words that she uses, but yeah, still good.
0: Still, still, good. still good. Forrest is like a, uh, there's, there's a bunch of differences in like a Chris playthrough and a Jill playthrough. There's like, you experience things differently. If I recall correctly, in Chris's playthrough, Forrest doesn't actually have anything on him, or he just has like a clip. And then in Jill's playthrough, you actually get a machine gun off of his body. That's, Good Lord. That's one of the things that I, I vaguely recall. I'm probably wrong and we'll get many, many angry emails to know uh, this is actually what Forrest had at gmail.com. Please, yeah. please send them there and I will.
1: And if that kicks back, make sure to send an email to None of This Matters at AOL.net. Uh, <laughs> They really want uh, to know that
0: that that will forward on to my other email address of uh the sun is going to explode in five billion years. Why oh why do we care about anything? Uh, mm-hmm. at uh yahoo dot com.
1: Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's good email real real estate you got there. I'm surprised <laughs> you picked that one up before anyone else did. You didn't have to do a serial number or anything. No, no, pretty good.
0: So anyway, (laughs) Forrest was killed by the crows, crows that we've already, we've kind of already talked about.
1: Yeah, he got worked over. He got worked
0: over. It sounded like crows, an entire flock, or a murder, actually. Pack of dogs, (gasps) Kindle of kittens. I didn't know that that was a group of kittens. Uh, It's called a Kindle of kittens? I thought it was a litter.
1: (laughs) I I thought that was what it was, too.
0: (laughs) I thought, I thought, I thought both like puppies and kittens were litters. Um, a Kindle?
1: Hey, baby. Did you know it was a Kindle of kittens? A Kindle of kittens. That's what it's called. A Kindle. She doesn't care. <laughs> uh, why don't you ask Jonesy? <laughs> You'd think he would know, but that, that little bastard has no interest in his own history. Yeah. He knows nothing. Meanwhile, he's probably he just... can't even tell you who Rum Tum Tugger is. Probably just... Under
0: your desk, chewing on a cable at
1: some at, at this point. That is definitely. I'm amazed <laughs> that more of my cables aren't completely shot to shit. So yeah. So
0: yeah. Then he makes the connection, murder of crows, because he's super clever. Very clever. He realizes that the birds are 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 bad, and he should feel bad. He runs away like a like a good old stars boy. He runs away. Always run from crows, like the always you.
1: That is the first thing they teach you in stars train
0: and, and actually I'll I'll, uh, public service announcement. Uh, Birds will fuck you up.
1: (laughs) Yes, they absolutely (laughs) will. That's not even a joke. This is actually,
0: (laughs) this is actually me taking my joking face off and putting on my serious face. Um, la Mr. Rogers. I've put on the cardigan of seriousness (laughs) plus two. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say it's a plus one, but, but plus two, it's
1: a, it's a good. It's cardigan, a good cardigan. It is. De-
0: it's definitely a plus yeah. two cardigan of seriousness.
1: Plus two cardigan. Give yourself some credit here, man. Um,
0: plus two. He's he's throwing it on, and and Mr. Rogers is here to tell you: run away from birds. Don't fuck with the birds. <laughs>
1: don't don't fuck That's with the how, birds. I, it takes no time for, oh, look at those birds to turn into oh, sweet Jesus, look at those birds. If it it it, we were we were literally my my fiance and I were hanging out one day. We looked outside and there were a couple of birds in a tree. We like birds. We like bird watching. And so she goes, oh, look at those birds. And then about four other birds joined them, like within five seconds of her saying that. <laughs> and her tone just went to, oh, Jesus, oh, look at those birds. And that's, how fast. <laughs> that's how fast. Oh, no. Run from birds. That's our second T-shirt.
0: I like this. Uh, this uh, fourth wall line here. Where Chris says, thinks to himself, this wasn't some kind of game where he could push a reset button if he missed a trick. People were dying. His friends were dying. I was like, I get it.
1: Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Pray there wasn't an autosave.
0: He's stumbling around and uh, Rebecca, Rebecca startled. He looks down to see the young stars member at the base of wide steps grinning up at him. They, they meet up and Rebecca kind of like breaks down what, what happened. She, she found the silver key. All is good. And here we go. We have a nice actually tie in to Resident Evil 2 where yes. Yes. Chris thought about lying, but saw that she wasn't going to buy it and realized suddenly what it was about her that made him feel so protective that made him want to shield her from the sad and sickening truth. Claire. That was it. Rebecca reminded him of his little sister from her tomboy sarcasm and quick wit to the way she wore her hair.
1: So so you're you're telling me Chris that that you're you're feeling a brotherly concern. Okay. I believe I uh-huh. sure.
0: I believe man. I believe you 100%. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> Believe you, And we're just going to box that up and we're going to move on, Chris, yeah. um, because yeah, we're just
1: going to put that. We're going to take all of that and put that right here on the side of the uh, the room where you can't trip over it. And we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Chris lets uh,
0: Rebecca know that Forrest and Kenneth are quite dead. That's that's the end of that. When we have a scene change and th- I reference this in, in episode two of, of the show. This is the, this is the moment where, where Wesker is like full mask off bad guy,
1: <laughs> prime, prime evil here. This is, we started out with like coy sleaziness. Then it got into standard. I'm threatening to kill your family nineties, bad guy territory. And here we get into, yeah, this is uh,
0: it's just, just, gross we get Wesker admitting that he he pushed the statue off the balcony um instead of searching around uh for things and I believe here we go him uh and he'd had the good fortune uh to run into Ellen Smith while he'd been in the library oops scratch that it's Dr. Ellen Smith thank you very much and <laughs> we get an entire backstory for Wesker
1: about how... So much, so much, by the way. So much. Like, Stephen King levels of, like, where did that come from? Out of nowhere.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about Dr. Ellen Smith?
1: Okay, so Dr. Ellen Smith uh, was a scientist he'd been working with th- through all of this, and he'd asked her out a bunch of times, and she'd always said no, and given him that kind of cold ice cream uh, treatment, and uh, and... And now, and he asked her on a date, she says no. And now, in the present day, he gets to kill her because she's a zombie, and he takes no small amount of pleasure in it. (laughs) Just in case you needed to hate the guy more. (laughs) If she hadn't been so damned good-looking,
0: he never would have bothered in the first place. But my, how your beauty has faded, Dr. Ellen. Wesker closed his eyes, (laughs) smiling, reliving the experience.
1: Jesus Christ. Like, this is, it's it's too cartoonally evil but also very real at the same time. We've all met that guy who would be like, oh, fucking bitch. I wish she turned to a zombie. I excused to shoot her. Literally what he says. Wesker
0: didn't like to think of himself as a shallow man, but pulling the trigger on that high riding bitch had been wonderfully, no, deeply gratifying. He is like, he is a patron saint of fucking incels at this point.
1: Oh Yeah. He is,
0: and this is also something that doesn't really age well, right? Because now we're twenty years later, twenty-three years after this book is published, right? And we've had literal, we've we've had literal instances of incels, uh, perpetrating violence against women because because of bullshit like this. And obviously, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's it's the it's not it's not the media it's not the portrayal in media that has caused the violence it's just no, that this no, no. this portrayal in media which at the time felt so cartoonishly villainous has suddenly become something that is almost too scarily real um in right. 2021
1: yeah my guess is that when faced with you know having an opportunity to make this character just ugly and gross in a way that everyone can appreciate and, and no one's getting, it doesn't have to be all that realistic and that sort of thing in 1996, you know, SD Perry wrote this and, 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 you know, this was like, Oh yeah, this, this guy's gross. This is awful. Never, never imagining how close to home this kind of shit would come, uh, you know, nearly 30 years later. Like, how could she know? Like, that's absolutely, it's so, it does hit close to home in a really, really horrible way.
0: Um, but it does a great job of really making Wesker the absolute piece of shit that we want him to be. Or oh, yeah. we need him to be, to kind of buy into uh, the story. Um, and then there's, right. uh, the rest of his chapter is more or less uh more exposition dump as to, like... You know, some of the science, some of the puzzle solving, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah. And it it comes to a close with him uh, finding a puzzle piece to the labs, which pisses him off because he had assumed that the labs wouldn't be locked. And so he realizes that this whole thing is going to be a lot harder than because originally because
0: finding the piece means the labs are locked as well. (laughs) So it's just like an extra layer of bullshit that he has to go through. Right. Um.
1: Right. What do I got to kill five more of my exes? God damn it. Damn it. (laughs) This is the worst. Um, Oh, what a lousy Tuesday this is turning out to be. And uh, we'll leave it there for now.
0: Um, We made it through another, I'd say, about 20% of the book. And uh, we're coming in on the home stretch here.
1: Yeah, we got some big nasties coming our way, which is kind of a prerequisite for Resident Evil anything.
0: I kind of appreciate that. It's like. Sure, there's zombies and monsters, but then like a solid 50% of the monsters are just oversized versions of of regular I, animals.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? It works fine. It works just fine.
0: fine. We're we're it works just fine. It's 2021. We've just, King Kong versus Godzilla, which is has has just been released into theaters again. Um and I mean it those are that's just a giant ape and a giant iguana type lizard Uh,
1: (laughs) it's it's a giant ape versus a giant metaphor for nuclear war in Japan and that's just a tale as old as time tale
0: as old as time so (laughs) if it's good enough for for our kaijus it's good enough for Resident Evil
1: damn right (laughs) I don't know why I got so aggressive there
0: (laughs) anyway I'm Kevin that's been Phil Uh, we'll see you next time later
1: guys